On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about A. Rogers, A. Rogers, and the NFL Draft. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jordan Love, quarterback. Utah State. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Attempt number seven at recording this podcast. Let's go. Yeah, maybe ten. Yeah, little background. We were all together for the draft weekend. We had our fair share of Mexican beers. We had our fair share of barbecue and football. And as we got to recording, technical difficulties got in the way, and we all went our separate way to record <laughs> in three, so three separate states. Oh, God, did it sound good. And you'll never hear it. You'll never know the possibilities and the heights this podcast could go to. <laughs> so let's start with the news that is absolutely shooketh not only the Green Bay fan base, but pretty much the NFL world as a whole. It almost overshadowed uh, a lot of the picking that was going on on Thursday. Aaron Rodgers apparently is just done. And it's I, I do love the fact that a lot of big J journalists were talking about the rumors that they had heard. It's like, we all knew it. We all knew he wasn't, you know, happy that there was friction between the front office and him, but to come to a head where it's everything from here's the destinations I'd like to go to Goot has to be out before I come back. I'm not coming back at all. Like it's, it's crazy. So we're going to give our definitive opinion, go around the circle. I hope this is the last time we talk about it until a trade, until something happens of something definitive, but well, let's hear what you guys have to say. What are you doing, Aaron? I've gotten progressively more mad ever since the moment it came out. But, like, what are you doing? You know this was leaked by him and his team. You know they told him to stay quiet. We'll just handle leaking bits and pieces of information to manage the narrative like he's done for the last 10 years of his career. He's handling this situation worse than Brett Favre did. Yeah, I, I can't argue with you there. Uh, as soon as you told me the announcement when I came out of the bathroom, uh, I said, trade his ass Details. right away. And I have not I have not changed uh, my stance. I, I honestly, no player is good enough for the team, right? And, and, and let's, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me restart the, where I want to go. The writing that everybody was writing about and bashing the Packers for not taking care of Rodgers and not doing what he's saying and that they haven't done enough, where is that coming from? We're a top 10 defense, number one offense, and we've made it to the NFC Championship game two years in a row and only lost six games. And this mother trucker wants to leave us to go to Oakland Raiders, Denver Broncos, or what was the other team? Okay. I don't know. San Francisco. Francisco. 49ers. Yeah. Please send him to one of those places so he, he can just lose the rest of his career. I'm sure he'll do fine. He's a good quarterback. But it, it, it not only was depressing to see this come out before the draft, 
But also afterwards, all the talk was taken away from all this new talent that we just received. And honestly, this might be one of my favorite drafts in the past decade that the Packers have had. And no one talked about it because they just all gave us a bad grade or a bad review of how we handled the draft because of Aaron Rodgers. And nothing was talked about about the players. I'm over it. If we can get value for him and if he truly does not want to be here, get rid of him. Look, here's the problem. You can't replace a Hall of Fame quarterback. And we joked in person, I treat this like Jordan Love can't even handle a snap. And like he's throwing lefty and can't go more than 10 yards downfield. And we're just going to fall apart if we have Jordan Love starting week one. But you can't replace what Aaron Rodgers has given you. So this is like an emotional roller coaster. And he's made everyone around him better for years. But this narrative that they're wasting him away, you know, his entire career, they've already wasted his prime. Just go down the offensive roster, top notch, top tier wide receiver, running back, tight end, left tackle, left guard, up until this offseason, center. You can't tell me he's not surrounded by great players. And they did in the draft exactly what they should do, considering where they're at, to build up even more around him and make another run at the Super Bowl. So, what really pissed me off the most was that he could have restructured his contract to help the team and he chose not to. So if, if he's mad about not winning championships, just go look at Tom Brady who takes $10 million contracts and make sure that the team is in a position to win. And Rogers is over here being selfish, driving a narrative that doesn't help anything. Yeah. I think it's interesting. And it's also something to think about because a lot of people, and that's a part that got really old over the last four days is this thought of, oh, they finally got him a receiver. And it's like, all right, enough, enough, enough. Because here's the thing that isn't brought enough to light. Free agency is very, very hard in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It is very hard to find a stud player and go not only from a monetary side, but from a living side to come to Green Bay. We we talked about it in a couple different podcasts. The mystique of Lambeau Field is real but not enough to the, the sense of a 17-year-old looking at Notre Dame or Camp Randall or looking at these places. It, these are grown men that go, I want money, I want lifestyle. And so you look at even what Gutekunst has done, and yeah, you can be angry and there can be some some questionable decisions, but honestly, I think he's probably batting around 800. There were some things that didn't quite work out, but he's getting people to come to Green Bay. He's signing people to awesome contracts and he's drafting fairly well and if this all boils down to we selected jordan love as an amazing plan b just in case i'm i'm pretty sure that entire front office goes you know what if we lose a first round pick and we never use them because we're so successful good that's great and the other thing i guess that came out recently is we got rid of Kumaro, and that really upset him because he said how much he loved him, and the next day he was gone. <laughs> if that Boo-hoo. if that is your two things, Aaron Rodgers, if that's the hill you're going to die on because you need Gutekunst fired because he didn't do enough for you, even though he has greatly improved this team with what is Green Bay, and we get rid of Kumaro, if those are your sores yeah. and you're willing to lay on, I am over it. At I'm least go with Randall for the Bills. At least go with Randall Cobb, but – Coomer, like your sixth best wide receiver, is what you're going to plant your flag on? It's Whatever. just what are you it's doing? Just here? It's just bad. It's just bad. 
So I know that there's a Denver guy, uh, which was always a red flag because I, I just don't think a 38, 39, 40-year-old Rodgers goes, yeah, I want to deal with everything that's going on in that Vegas organization or Denver Broncos. I think that was really thrown out as, well, they have draft capital, so it makes sense. But the Denver guy threw out three firsts, a second, and a third, depending on what player was thrown in from Von Miller to Drew Locke to who's Sutton. The, who's the Denver I'm, guy? What do you uh, mean by Denver guy? A Denver uh, sports guy who said, here's legitimately what they would have in draft capital plus who they'd be willing to give up, and he gave four or so scenarios. Every single one of them, if we got three first-rounders and then some, oh, man, it'd be hard not to turn it down. That's a great – that's my whole point behind this whole thing. We got nothing for Brett Favre. He just left. Our greatest quarterback before Aaron Rodgers left. Now, let's not do that again. If this guy wants to leave, let's go – Get three first rounds. That can change our organization in the right direction. Hell, we could have the best defense without a quarterback and still win. So I I just think there is so much value in him right now. Coming off MVP year, no one's looking at his uh, year before that, which wasn't the best. But off of an MVP year, and let's if he wants out, get value. Let's get it. Don't let him just leave. Yeah, and something to think about, Tom Brady gave back to New England a third-round comp pick. That's all that they got for it. Obviously, as you mentioned, Brett Favre had nothing. It's just Aaron Rodgers is a very smart guy, especially when it comes to his brand and his legacy. And so for him to go through all that and yet we're still in this mess is mind-blowing to me. And the fact that he hasn't come out and just to a man said, I'm not happy right now, but we're figuring it out, even just a one-liner to the general public – uh, it is crazy to me that he hasn't done that, but I, I, I'm just sitting over here getting more mad. So let's talk draft. <laughs> yeah. So all things considered, uh, if no matter who you look at, not only from our personal stance, but a lot of, of folks out in the NFL world, we did really, really well this draft. So what we're going to do is we're going to spend a little time with those top three picks, uh, even littler time. Uh, on the the four through seven rounds, but overall, I really really loved what we did. And let, let's start with this first round pick. I was a little skeptical when the name first came out because I was thinking, why why do I remember this guy? Eric Stokes from Georgia is a human bullet. What do we think about that first round pick? <laughs> a human bullet. First of all, the draft like kind of fell in place and. Part of me just wonders if it's a COVID thing. Like they weren't allowed to overanalyze because they couldn't travel and see everyone as up close as they normally would. In general, it just felt like teams did what they were supposed to do this year and no more so than the Packers. So we all knew we wanted a corner in the first round. Pretty much that was the consensus, except for some mock drafts that were looking for clicks that all went with a wide receiver. Um, it, what was interesting too was Rappaport comes out like two to three picks beforehand I don't know if it was before Greg Newsom went or right after, but he just casually drops like, hey, keep an eye out. The Packers have been interested in Stokes this entire time. And I'm like, really? I, I haven't read too much about that, but OK. And then the Packers get up and draft and it's Stokes. I'm like, these guys all know stuff they're not allowed to talk about in public. But I, I love the pick. The guy's got an opportunity to learn. He's got speed to make up for whatever technique uh, mistakes and gaps he may have. He's not much of a tackler right now. He's, as Ben Fennel said, he's more of a catcher than a tackler. He'll he'll receive the impact and then bring you down. But he sounds like a great person uh, off the field as well, and there's sort of a trend around that. 
And I think he's perfect whether he can challenge King this year or just get a ton of experience working at random positions and then be ready to go two years from now. I'm excited to have him. Yeah, couldn't say better. Uh, my one critique is I just don't think he was the best quarter cornerback available at this time. Yes, he's the fastest, and he's better at everything King is not good at. Um, so, you know, he can press just like Jair. We, we might have two guys pressing the line at the same time. Oh, my gosh. But I think he can cover all the wide receivers, all the, you know, game changer wide receivers. He's in the SEC. He's covered, you know, what, half of the wide receivers that are number one, number two guys on the NFL rosters right now. I mean, he can cover all the speed in the NFL. That's what I love about him. Um, I think he has tremendous upside because I think he's playing on pure athleticism right now. I, I don't even think um, like zone coverage. I, there's very little that he knows, um, but his instinct is through the roof. I was uh, me and Dan were watching some film of where he was just peeling off uh, his guy onto another route because he felt it and then got the interception that happened twice last year. Um, so this guy is a football player and I'm excited to have him. Going to throw out some stat sides of things uh, according to ESPN Stats Info. He allowed the second lowest completion percentage and second lowest QBR in press coverage in all of NCAA last year. And speaking of this outstanding year that really elevated him to first round, he scored more points than he gave up. He had two pick six and only one touchdown against. Wow. I I love the standpoint, and you mentioned it really quickly, the ability to say Jair is always on the field and then situationally look at King and look at Stokes and see how we can play through this kind of uh, gap year before Stokes takes over full-time. I love it. I love everything about this pick. So moving on. We had to take care of King issue, and then we had to take care of what happens when Mr. Lindsley left, and we go get the big boy from Ohio State, Josh Myers. I know this podcast was very much on the Creed Humphrey bandwagon. Mm. The only thing I can say is for rushing centers, uh, Myers probably is the better pick, and then there was a little rumor that Creed struggled out of the shotgun, which I have a hard time believing a center of any caliber would be able to do. But Myers is used to it with Fields. How do we feel about Big Boy from OSU? Perfect word, Big Boy. This is possibly the biggest center I think I've ever seen. Um, but he, he can move, and he's very flexible. Um, and just like you said, his first step, he always gets a push. Um, he needs some help in pass coverage and uh, with his feet moving side to side. Um, but... Uh, you know, yeah, Creed Humphrey, Josh Myers, we'll have this debate just like Gary probably for the next five years. <laughs> um, but will he fill in? Does he have a chance to fill in? Yes, right away. And that's what we needed. So we got what we needed. Yeah, a solid run blocker at a big school, two-year starter, only missed a game due to a COVID test. My one concern is that we drafted him right before Creed Humphrey went. And even Quinn Miners, the Whitewater guy, Josh Myers goes before him. I think he's right for our scheme, though, which which isn't changing on the offensive side of the ball. He seems to be more built for zone blocking to sort of get in the getting in the way as opposed to having that nasty streak that, you know, like a Quentin Nelson comes to mind in the run blocking game where they're just driving guys five yards back. I think he'll do enough to get in the way and let Aaron Jones pick a hole. So um, whether it's center or either guard position, for some reason, most of what you read says right guard in particular. 
Uh, I'm not nuanced enough to know why right guard and not left guard, but I think I think he'll come in and compete with Runyon and Lucas Patrick to round out that line nicely and let El- let Elton Jenkins play in the position with the most impact. Yeah, and Creed Humphrey had to go to the Chiefs. I mean, we're going to hear about that from Blaine probably forever, too. And, of course, we have to play him this year then, too. <laughs> Let's see if they're actually on the field first before we get nervous. True, <laughs> true. So then we did the impossible we traded it up to get a wide receiver, and it could not have been more ironic for everything that had happened the day prior. Amir Rogers, A-Rod himself out of Clemson. I love him. What do you guys say? Yo, I love the pick. Even like uh, Dane Brugler's big board had him at 64th overall. It sounds like the Packers were debating him, de- debating taking him in the second round. And then you read they had anywhere from five to seven attempts to get back up in the third round to go get him until they finally landed on this deal with the Titans. So um, the guy's got pedigree. His dad is T. Martin. He was the wide receiver coach at Kentucky while Randall Cobb was there. So he's got a relationship with Cobb. Um, What I really like to see was, you know, he's a big time film studier and just the personality they called it Zen-like. He's a big yoga buff. He's, he seems to have this like intuitive grasp of the offense and positioning. Uh, and even the Clemson media was raving about him. So I, I think we got a great third, third round wide receiver that adds some versatility, sort of that missing chess piece to the wide receiver core. Yeah, I'm, I'm so surprised he fell, fell here. And I'm, that's why they jumped up. Uh, wide receivers started to go off the board. You saw the Western Michigan guy go before Amari Rogers, which I thought was uh, a little eye-opening. Uh, but Amari Rogers, I thought, was the best slot wide receiver in this draft. Uh, he, he knows how to do it. He knows how to feel the field, uh, knows when to sit down, and he can go deep. Now, why he ran a 4-5-40, I'm not quite sure, because if you watch him on film, He's the fastest guy when he has a ball in his hand. So as long as he does that when the ball's in his hand, I'm a happy man. Not And not only do we get a good wide receiver, he's an amazing returner. Re, returner um, and he even returned a punt for a touchdown. So if he can do that for us, um, we're popping bottles, boys. Yeah, the three things I like about him the most, the first alluded to earlier, he seemed to just love the Packers. Like, not only having that conversation with Randall Cobb, who he stays in touch with, that was there. He was interviewed about where his dream scenario would be. He goes second round of the Packers. So he legitimately wants to be a Packer. So that's awesome. Two, last year when Clemson QBs targeted Amir, uh, Amari Rogers, their passer rating was 125. Wow. So he pretty much got them going. And third – is there's a lot of questions. We ran through a whole lot of slot guys, and the, the problem is they tend to be small, and you worry about can their bodies handle an NFL game. He is built like a machine. This guy is a brick house, solid. Uh, Dabo and everybody at Clemson was saying he's built like a running back but has the hands and speed you need for a wide receiver. It's going to be fantastic. It, when you have a gadget player that legitimately is a stud, it, it takes everything that we were doing this last year or so to a whole new level. I'm super excited about it. Glad we had him. Uh, you know who the uh, the athletic comparison was? I don't know if it was just school related, but I think it was height, weight, and athleticism. It was Debo Samuel. We're oh, all going crazy. Yes. Right. So 
How cool was that interview though? Brandon Marshall interviewing them at a summer camp and they're like, or uh, a summer workout and they're like, you know, if you had to guess, where would you say? And he's like, uh, second round to the Packers. And it's like, all right, you're just one round off, and it sounds like we're targeting you in the second. So I'm looking forward to his career. He even rehabbed. There was a note about him rehabbing from a torn ACL in just five months and getting back on the field. So the, the guy seems to have this mentality where he's uh, mentally mature beyond his years to be able to put that kind of dedication into an ACL rehab at the age of 20. So I'm excited for him. Add him to the the burners and the big bodies and the Devontes. Which, Josh, I want to throw out a 4540. I had to go look up Devontae Adams 40 yard dash 4.56. So, not too worried about the speed if you got that separation ability. All right. So, then with the next two picks, we went big boys on both the offensive and defensive line. Royce Newman out of Oldness and Slayton for Florida, which, dude. This guy is, I not I know he's had issues with his weight. There's been issues uh, kind of behind closed doors about his his involvement in terms of buying into team scheme. He's just he's a man in the center and him next to Kenny Clark should at least help fill gaps, if nothing else. I, I, I don't know how I feel about this one. And I you guys are which one may hate. We're talking about, oh, we didn't go to Slayton right away? I, I'm going to Slayton. Yeah, All go right. ahead. I'm just making you clarify. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Slayton, you know, I'm not too high on him, and this is why. I compare him to how Montrevious Adams looked when he was coming out. Um, they they play very similarly. They're very disruptive up the middle. Um, they cause a lot of chaos, um, but the motor isn't always there. Um, so... I'm interested to see because his play recognition is flat out amazing. The guy would recognize draws and screens and step back. And instead of getting blocked, he'd step back from the line as soon as he knew um, that the linemen were going another way or doing another thing. It's very impressive to see out of a D tackle that size. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to see how he develops because he definitely has a lot uh, to learn. Yeah. I don't know if I would throw the the lack of motor on him just yet. He he's just slower. I mean, he's carrying 350 pounds, true, but true, I, true. I went and I saw a note. So I went and looked it up to confirm it. He was Florida's highest rated recruit in the class of 2017, which was above CJ Henderson, who's a pro with the Jaguars and Kadarius Tony, who was drafted this year. So he was a highly rated recruit actually coming from offensive tackle position. Um, so there's some athleticism hidden beneath that weight that was listed at 360 when he was coming into college. So if he's at 330, that's them getting him down to 330. If he can just be a, a clogger in the middle, I'll be happy with it. it. I'm I'm not hoping for a pass rush out of a guy that's 350 pounds. Just take up a double team and free Kamal Martin up to lay the wood. I'm I'm excited about him, especially for a fifth round pick. If you got him in the third, I'd be like, uh, I'm I'm concerned about the ceiling. But for him as a fifth round pick, there's a ton of potential. And if it washes out, it's not the first fifth-round pick that washes out. And I would say the same thing for our comp pick in the fifth, Shamir Jean-Claras. Jean-Claras. Uh, uh, App State guy who was Defender of the Year. He did everything he needed to from a smaller school. And here's the one stat I want to bring up. Again, he comes from App State, so take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But over the last two seasons, this is from Ben Fennell, cornerbacks who have faced at least 100 targets – John 
Charles had the best incompletion percentage in NCAA football. And that includes directly behind him, Asante Samuel Jr. and three more spots down, Sertain. So he's not playing around when he's playing corner. He's a little bit smaller. We'll see how he adjusts the game at an NFL level. But if we can find that kind of forever backup cornerback that has quality, I really, really like what this kid can do. Yeah, and another one is Isaiah McDuffie. Um, not, you know, not a jump off the charts kind of guy, but he can have a pass rush. Um, and he sort of reminds me of like a fackerel type, you know, just throw him in there to rush after the quarterback because, you know, he's at least going to cause some pressure. Um, you know, he, he's not a great all around player, um, will be an excellent special teamer. Uh, he'll probably start at special teams. <laughs> but uh, I'm interested to see if he makes the team, um, how they use him. Yeah, I think he's a special teamer. And just to round it out then, well, we didn't even talk about Cole Van Lane and the local boy. He He's stealing all the thunder from his other Badger lineman, who's also a local boy to Green Bay and Deason, who was an undrafted free agent. I, I think he's a nice – anytime you draft a Wisconsin lineman, you know, there's potential for them to be a 10-year starter. So to take one in the sixth round who had some injuries uh, but came in with all the athleticism and the high recruiting ranking, I think that's a great sixth-round pick. The running back, I'm not sold on. I, I sent you guys some of these notes, but it sounds like I don't want to use the word that comes to mind, but it sounds like you may need to monitor his off the field activity uh, and maybe just control his emotions. He he quit his high school team as a sophomore. He played three games and then opted out. He'd been suspended from Mike Leach, which Mike Leach can be a bit of a weirdo and a hothead at the same time. But that was around a, a outburst post game. It sounds like um, so. There's a lot of comments from scouts that were put together in a story where uh, the athletic actually pulled a lot of the verbiage because they just said most scouts question his off the field demeanor. And like, oh, well, that that doesn't sound like the typical player that the Packers draft. So to take him in the seventh round, sure, he was productive uh, out of Mississippi State. It, you know, you can get excited about his productivity and his athleticism, but it makes me wonder if it's him or Dexter Williams they're eyeing up for the third running back spot. Yeah, I like him over Dexter Williams all oh, day. Oh, he, he can pat, yeah. or he can catch, he can run, and he can block. That's everything Dexter Williams can't do. <laughs> Which is like playing football. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, did you guys? I don't did you guys take a look the, at? Oh, go go ahead, please. I, I was just gonna say I'm not sold. I don't think they got the solution at third running back. Did you guys take a look at undrafted free agents at all? Those guys exist. No, I, 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 hey, there's there's a couple I like. There's a couple. Go ahead. Well, I'll I'll say this one because I know you're going to say the other one. But Carlo Kemp, uh, Michigan, defensive end, linebacker-ish. Um, he could play defensive tackle, too. He's big enough. But around 258 size. Um, and the guy can shed blocks really well. Um, he, he's really good at just holding people until he needs to get away, and then he gets away. Um, he's also great at slashing the gaps. So, I mean, this is somebody you're going to plug in with Kenny Clark on the field, you know, with with the Smith brothers out there and you're going to stunt them around. And and he's pretty good at it and at stopping the run. So I'm interested to see if he's athletic enough. Uh, he, he's not as fast as most most uh, interior linemen, um, but it'll be interesting to see. You got more excited for Carlo Kemp than Rayshon Gary. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
No, but it'll be fun to have them both there, right? They're they're buddies, right? Uh, they must be. They went to the same school. That's that's just how that works. Ryan, do you want to give a little background on our boy Christian? No, you guys take it. Run no, with it. man. Run with it. Well, I just had a couple of notes. There, there's been plenty of articles written about him already, sort of identifying him as the undrafted free agent to watch. But Christian Uphoff, the safety out of, gosh, was it Illinois State? One of those small schools. But same university, yeah, Illinois State, same university as Jeremy Chin and James Robinson. And um, ironically, in, in 2020, he received a grade from the scouts higher than Jeremy Chin and James Robinson had received the year before. So he didn't have a season in 2020. The conference chose not to play. And then when they went to play spring ball, he had already been invited to the senior bowl and had chose to declare for the draft. So uh, between not having a combine and not having a season, it's a guy a lot of people predicted would have been drafted somewhere between the third and fifth, third and fifth rounds. Um, but he comes in, he's, he's six, two, two, ten. He's got the athleticism and he was on everyone's radar until small school guy can't play for a season and he went undrafted. So how the Packers pulled him into signing, I don't know, but don't be surprised if he's challenging for a roster spot. Oh, for sure. Because what he's good at is zone. He's good at zone and that's what our safeties need to be good at. Um, he needs to get in the weight room. He, he looks still like a high schooler a bit. Um, but as soon as he gets in the pros, get him with the trainer, he'll be all right. And what I love about him is his drive. Um, this kid wants it. He wants to be in the NFL. He wants to start in the NFL and he wants to be a star in the NFL. Um, and I think he has a great opportunity. It, there's only upside with him. Uh, he definitely has not reached his ceiling. Um, and, and he's a great returner. Uh, he's got good speed and good size. Uh, I think he returned one in his junior year. Um, for a touchdown but you know you you could see a consistency here every player does multiple things yeah and he got quoted on the situation in general his quote was it's going to give me more motivation to come in there and kick somebody's ass yeah i I like (laughs) to hear that i like to hear that let's go oh there was another hold on there's another undrafted free agent coy cronk bailey gaither jack heflin Heflin. Yes, thank you. Uh, the other one that I really wanted to bring up, his nickname is Heavy Duty Heflin. Uh, Jack <laughs> Heflin out of Iowa. I love it. Yeah, he originally played uh, for NIU, uh, transferred to Iowa this past season, I think, because NIU didn't have a season. I'm not quite sure on that one, though. Um, but he was doubled a lot uh, in at NIU and Iowa. Um so he didn't have a lot of production because he was getting covered up a lot, but he's a big dude. Like if we can throw him in there, he's an athletic guy. I think he said he played basketball in high school too. Um, so it'll be interesting because he didn't have any production at Iowa really. Um, but the, the size and possibly the talent is there. And I just love his nickname, heavy duty. That's a great nickname. Now I feel bad for Royce Newman. Cause we talked more about the undrafted guys than our fourth round pick. Ah! <laughs> Royce, I'm sure you'll be a solid contributor. (laughs) (laughs) So let's do this. Let's go around real quick based on the Packers selections and including, I guess, if you want to, these uh, unsigned free agents. Who five years from now do we look back at this draft period and go, he was the dude of this draft? Whatever grading system, whether it's best value, uh, who becomes the the you know 
the most closely related to a Pro Bowl or however you want to judge that, who do we look back and go, this is the guy? That's tough because I, I really want to have like an underdog pick, something that comes out of left field. But I think just the way contractually everything's going to work out and to get the guy in the third round when most people had him late second to earlier in the third, I think Amari Rodgers has an opportunity to rack up the statistics. And, you know, whether that's Aaron Rodgers throwing to him or Jordan Love, uh, a lot of guys in that wide receiver core are on their last year of their contracts. I assume you're going to end up bringing back one or two of them, but you can't bring them all back. So if Amari can make – he doesn't even have to make a splash this year. If he can just make a few plays and show that he's got potential, they're going to slot him into that second or third position for 2022, and he'll be off and running. So I, I think five years from now he'll have, you know, three or 4,000 yards racked up. I, I think you're right. That that would have been my pick. I'm going to say someone else. I'm going to touch on yours. I, I just think that's the smartest football guy that we drafted. He knows football. Um, and <laughs> put him in a room with Devontae Adams. Tell Devontae to teach him what he's doing. Talk talk a few years together. Oh, my. That's going to be fun. Oh my. But my, oh my. Mine will be Stokes. Uh, I'll I'll take the number one because the, he, he has so much improvement still to do and he's already amazing i think him and jair could possibly to be t- two top five cornerbacks in the nfl a few years from now um, wow, the speed, the speed on this guy the speed on this guy is insane and you got to think of who he's covering you know he's got jair on the other side who hasn't been thrown at lately yeah he's going to be picked on this year but he's Here's- got the talent he also has the contractual situation working in his favor. Like Sullivan and Holman and Josh Jackson showed they weren't ready to be number two. Mm-hmm. So King gets brought back with one year and he's not going to get re-signed. Like King could be a pro bowler in the big, well, now you want 12 million and we still have a pro bowler. So, you know, Stokes, you're up. Yeah. Um, the the thing I can't get out of my head with a speed strat corner of name drop, I just think Ahmad Carroll. So until I see he doesn't hold on every play and he's got (laughs) a little more technique than Ahmad Carroll, I want to see that one play out. But, yeah, if you can put that speed into a functional package, uh, he can be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, it's just so hard not to love Amari Rogers. And I just pull up the 2014 season of Randall Cobb going 16 games, pushing 100 receptions, 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns and go – That'd be really fun to have again. And I, I, the Packers, in my opinion, the one thing that we've kind of just not had in a long time is this trusted slot receiver that we talk about gadget guys. And I feel like we say that as a bad thing because there's not anything of use to him besides having to try to do these end arounds every once in a while. I actually think he's a legitimate receiver that you can do that fun stuff with. But I think if we're also going to look five years down the road, I wouldn't totally be surprised if Josh Myers fills in exactly like his Ohio State brother in Lindsley and just becomes this top six center in the NFL that switching from guard, getting used to it, switching Jenkins back, and he takes over the role once he kind of gets used to the speed and, and the finesse of the NFL game. I wouldn't be surprised, especially with how well this offensive line group is, to have a high draft pick be on that line to learn, to develop, it wouldn't totally surprise me to be one of the top-ranked whatever positions he is in the in the near future. So it's fun to know that you could say multiple things about multiple people in this draft. Uh, it's a good problem to have for the Packers, and I just love that we weren't desperate necessarily for any position, although maybe we should have picked another damn quarterback. Uh, but <laughs> we it's, a good, a it's a good spot. Yeah, it's a good spot to be in for yeah, the Packers if, for sure. If we, 
if you know going in we said this and looking back now just look at the positions corner interior offensive lineman wide receiver offensive lineman interior defensive lineman corner offensive lineman middle linebacker running back you couldn't you couldn't script those positions any better so you know hit on one or two of the rest be role players they did the right thing this draft i'm confident in saying that yep so that will do it for this episode uh we have nothing planned in the near future we're all circling that june 1st date which would mean that the packers if they somehow did trade away rogers would only have to pay 14 of 30 million uh Oh man! Guys. After or before? After June? After. After okay. June one. So I'll, I'll bet they trade them before the end of the week. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not because it's guaranteed oh, yeah. money, man. <laughs> guaranteed money. Sixteen mil is a lot of money to be doing. Tomofsky came out today and said, and and by the time we release the pod, everyone will have seen it on Twitter, but that the chances of Rodgers being the week one quarterback is five percent. And I don't know. It just seems low. I just I won't believe it until I see it. It, you know, three first round picks sounds awesome, and I I agree that would put us in a great spot. But to trade away a Hall of Famer coming off an MVP season, boy, that's pretty unprecedented. But yeah. back to what are you doing, Rodgers? How many of these guys have had success on their next team? What are you doing? One, wait, two, <laughs> two. <laughs> Brady and Brady's is a different Peyton, scenario. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Oh, true. He but he didn't really play. The defense just was better. Yeah, he could barely throw. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Happy draft day. Sorry a lot of players kind of got overlooked. But feeling good and feeling great, and we'll talk next time. Sorry, Royce. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go.